0: chapter 10 of allen's wife this librivox recording is in the public domain allen's wife by h rider haggard chapter 10 hendrika plots evil on the following morning i had a conversation with Indaba zimbi first of all i told him that i was going to marry stella oh he said i thought so Macumazahn. did i not tell you that you would find happiness on this journey most men must be content to watch the star from a long way off to you it is given to wear her on your heart but remember macumazana remember that stars set can you not stop your croaking even for a day i answered angrily for his words sent a thrill of fear through me a true prophet must tell the ill as well as the good macumazana i only speak what is on my mind but what of it what is life but loss loss upon loss till life itself be lost but in death we may find all things that we have lost so your father taught macumazana and there was wisdom in his gentleness ow i do not believe in death it is change that is all macumazana look now the rain falls the drops of rain that were one water in the clouds fall side by side they sink into the ground presently the sun will come out the earth will be dry the drops will be gone a fool looks and says the drops are dead. They will never be one again. They will never again fall side by side. But I am a rainmaker, and I know the ways of rain. It is not true. The drops will drain by many paths into the river, and will be one water there. They will go up to the clouds again, and the mists of morning, and they will again be as they have been. We oui. are the drops of rain, Mukumazahan. When we fall, that is our life. When we sink into the ground, that is death. And when we are drawn up again to the sky, what is that, Macumazahn? No, no. When we find, we lose. And when we seem to lose, then we shall really find. I am not a Christian, Macumazahn, but I am old, and I have watched and seen things that perhaps Christians do not see. There I have spoken. Be happy with your star, and if it sets, wait macumazahn wait till it rises again it will not be long one day you will go to sleep then your eyes will open on another sky and there your star will be shining Mukumazahan. i made no answer at the time i could not bear to talk of such a thing but often and often in the after years i have thought of indaba zimbi and his beautiful simile and gathered comfort from it he was a strange man, this old rain-making savage, and there was more wisdom in him than in many learned atheists, those spiritual destroyers who, in the name of progress and humanity, would divorce hope from life, and leave us wandering in a lonesome, self-consecrated hell. In Zimbi, I said, changing the subject, I have something to say, and I told him of the threats of Hendrika. He listened with an unmoved face, nodding his white lock at intervals as the narrative went on, but I saw that he was disturbed by it. "'Mukumazahan,' he said at length, "'I have told you that this is an evil woman. She was nourished on baboon milk, and the baboon nature is in her veins. Such creatures should be killed, not kept. She will make you mischief if she can, but I will watch her, Mukumazahan. Look!' the star is waiting for you go or she will hate me as hendrika hates you so i went nothing loath for attractive as was the wisdom of indaba zimbi i found a deeper meaning in stella's simplest word all the rest of that day i passed in her company and the greater part of the two following days at last came saturday night the eve of our marriage it rained that night so we did not go out but spent the evening in the hut we sat hand in hand saying little but mr carson talked a good deal telling us tales of his youth and of countries that he had visited then he read aloud from the bible and bade us good night i also kissed stella and went to bed i reached my hut by the covered way and before i undressed opened the door to see what the night was like it was very dark and the rain was still falling "'but as the light streamed out into the gloom, "'I fancied that I caught sight of a dusky form gliding away. "'The thought of Hendrika flashed into my mind. "'Could she be skulking about outside there? "'Now I had said nothing of Hendrika and her threats, "'either to Mr. Carson or Stella, "'because I did not wish to alarm them. "'Also I knew that Stella was attached to this strange person, "'and I did not wish to shake her confidence in her "'unless it was absolutely necessary.' For a moment or two I stood hesitating, then, reflecting that if it was Henrika, there she should stop, I went in and put up the stout wooden bar that was used to secure the door. For the last few nights old Indaba Zimbi had made a habit of sleeping in the covered passage, which was the only other possible way of access. As I came to bed I had stepped over him rolled up in his blanket, and to all appearances fast asleep. So it being evident that I had nothing to fear, I promptly dismissed the matter from my mind which, as may be imagined, was indeed fully occupied with other thoughts. I got into bed, and for a while lay thinking of the great happiness in store for me, and of the providential course of events that had brought it within my reach. A few weeks since, and I was wandering in the desert a dying man, bearing a dying child, and with scarcely a possession left in the world except a store of buried ivory that I never expected to see again, And now I was about to wed one of the sweetest and loveliest women on the whole earth, a woman whom I loved more than I could have thought possible, and who loved me back again. Also, as though that were not good fortune enough, I was to acquire with her very considerable possessions, quite sufficiently large to enable us to follow any plan of life we found agreeable. As I lay and reflected on all this, I grew afraid of my good fortune old indaba zimbi's melancholy prophecies came into my mind hitherto he had always prophesied truly what if these should be true also i turned cold as i thought of it and prayed to the power above to preserve us both to live and love together never was prayer more needed while its words were still upon my lips i dropped asleep and dreamed a most dreadful dream i dreamed that stella and i were standing together to be married she was dressed in white and radiant with beauty but it was a wild spiritual beauty which frightened me her eyes shone like stars a pale flame played about her features and the wind that blew did not stir her hair nor was this all for her white robes were death wrappings and the altar at which we stood was formed of the piled-up earth from an open grave that yawned between us so we stood waiting for one to wed us but no one came presently from the open grave sprang the form of hendrika in her hand was a knife with which she stabbed at me but pierced the heart of stella who without a cry fell backwards into the grave still looking at me as she fell then hendrika leaped after her into the grave i heard her feet strike heavily awake macumazahn awake cried the voice of indaba zimbi i awoke and bounded from the bed a cold perspiration pouring from me in the darkness on the other side of the hut i heard sounds of furious struggling luckily i kept my head just by me was a chair on which were matches and a rush taper i struck a match and held it to the taper now in the growing light i could see two forms rolling one over the other on the floor and from between them came the flash of steel. The fat melted, and the light burnt up. It was Indaba Zimbi, and the woman Hedrika, who were struggling, and, what is more, the woman was getting the better of the man, strong as he was. I rushed towards them. Now she was uppermost. Now she had wrenched herself from his fierce grip, and now the great knife she had in her hand flashed up. But I was behind her, and placing my hands beneath her arms, jerked with all my strength. She fell backwards, and in her effort to save herself, most fortunately dropped the knife. Then we flung ourselves upon her. Heavens! the strength of that she-devil! Nobody who has not experienced it could believe it. She fought and scratched and bit, and at one time nearly mastered the two of us. As it was, she did break loose. She rushed at the bed, sprung on it, and bounded thence straight up to the roof of the hut, I never saw such a jump and could not conceive what she meant to do in the roof were the peculiar holes which i have described they were designed to admit light and covered with overhanging eaves she sprung straight and true like a monkey and catching the edge of the hole with her hands strove to draw herself through it but here her strength exhausted with the long struggle failed her for a moment she swung then dropped to the ground and fell senseless gasped indaba zimbi let us tie the devil up before she comes to life again i thought this a good counsel so we took a ream that lay in the corner of the room and lashed her hands and feet in such a fashion that even she could scarcely escape then we carried her into the passage and indaba zimbi sat over her the knife in his hand for i did not wish to raise an alarm at that hour of the night do you know how i caught her macumazahn he said For several nights I have slept here with one eye open, for I thought she had made a plan. To-night I kept awake, though I pretended to be asleep. An hour after you got into the blankets the moon rose, and I saw a beam of light come into the hut through the hole in the roof. Presently I saw the beam of light vanish. At first I thought that a cloud was passing over the moon, but I listened and heard a noise as though someone was squeezing himself through a narrow space presently he was through and hanging by his hands then the light came in again and in the middle of it i saw the babian frau swinging from the roof and about to drop into the hut she clung by both hands and in her mouth was a great knife she dropped and i ran forward to seize her as she dropped and gripped her round the middle but she heard me come and seizing the knife struck at me in the dark and missed me then we struggled and you know the rest "'You were very nearly dead to-night, Macumazahn.' "'Very nearly, indeed,' I answered, still panting, "'and arranging the rags of my nightdress round me as best I could. "'Then the memory of my horrid dream flashed into my mind. "'Doubtless it had been conjured up by the sound of Hendrika dropping to the floor. "'In my dream it had been a grave that she dropped into. "'All of it, then, had been experienced in that second of time. "'Well, dreams are swift.' "'Perhaps time itself is nothing but a dream, "'and events that seem far apart "'really occur simultaneously. "'We passed the rest of the night "'watching Hendrika. "'Presently she came to herself "'and struggled furiously to break the ream, "'but the untanned buffalo hide "'was too strong even for her, "'and moreover Indaba Zimbi "'unceremoniously sat upon her "'to keep her quiet. "'At last she gave it up. "'In due course the day broke.' my marriage day leaving indaba zimbi to watch my would-be murderess i went and fetched some natives from the stables and with their aid bore hendrika to the prison hut that same hut in which she had been confined when she had been brought a baboon child from the rocks here we shut her up and leaving indaba zimbi to watch outside i returned to my sleeping place and dressed in the best garments that the babian kraals could furnish but when i looked at the reflection of my face i was horrified I was covered with scratches inflicted by the nails of Hendrika. I doctored them up as best I could, then went out for a walk to calm my nerves, which, what between the events of the past night and of those pending that day, were not a little disturbed. When I returned, it was breakfast-time. I went into the dining-hut, and there Stella was waiting to greet me, dressed in simple white and with orange flowers on her breast. She came forward to me shyly enough, then, seeing the condition of my face, started back. "'Why, Alan, what have you been doing to yourself?' she asked. As I was about to answer, her father came in leaning on his stick, and, catching sight of me, instantly asked the same question. Then I told them everything, both of Hendrika's threats and of her fierce attempt to carry them into execution, but I did not tell my horrid dream. "'Stella's face grew white as the flowers on her breast, "'but that of her father became very stern. "'You should have spoken of this before, Alan,' he said. "'I now see that I did wrong to attempt to civilize this wicked and revengeful creature, "'who, if she is human, has all the evil passions of the brutes that reared her. "'Well, I will make an end of it this very day.' "'Oh, father,' said Stella, "'don't have her killed.' "'It is all dreadful enough, but that would be more dreadful still. "'I have been very fond of her, and, bad as she is, she has loved me. "'Do not have her killed on my marriage day?' "'No,' her father answered. "'She shall not be killed, for though she deserves to die, "'I would not have her blood upon our hands. "'She is a brute, and has followed the nature of brutes. "'She shall go back whence she came.' No more was said on the matter at the time, but when breakfast, which was rather a farce, was done, Mr. Carson sent for his headman and gave him certain orders. We were to be married after the service which Mr. Carson held every Sunday morning in the large marble huts set apart for that purpose. The service began at ten o'clock, but long before that hour all the natives on the place came up in troops, singing as they came, to be present at the wedding of the star. It was a pretty sight to see them, the men dressed in all their finery, and carrying shields and sticks in their hands, and the women and children bearing green branches of trees, ferns, and flowers. At length, about half-past nine, Stella rose, pressed my hand, and left me to my reflections. A few minutes to ten she reappeared again with her father, dressed in a white veil, a wreath of orange flowers on her dark curling hair, a bouquet of orange flowers in her hand. To me she seemed like a dream of loveliness. With her came little Tota, in a high state of glee and excitement. She was Stella's only bridesmaid. Then we all passed out towards the church hut. The bare space in front of it was filled with hundreds of natives who set up a song as we came. We went on into the hut, which was crowded with such of the natives as usually worshipped there here mr carson as usual read the service though he was obliged to sit down in order to do so when it was done and to me it seemed interminable mr carson whispered that he meant to marry us outside the hut in sight of all the people so we went out and took our stand under the shade of a large tree that grew near the hut facing the bare space where the natives were gathered mr carson held up his hand to enjoin silence then, speaking in the native dialect, told them that he was about to make us man and wife after the Christian fashion, and in the sight of all men. This done, he proceeded to read the marriage service over us, and very solemnly and beautifully he did it. We said the words, I placed the ring, it was her father's signet ring, for we had no other, upon Stella's finger, and it was done. Then Mr. Carson spoke. "'Allen and Stella,' he said i believe that the ceremony which has been performed makes you man and wife in the sight of god and man for all that is necessary to make a marriage binding is that it should be celebrated according to the custom of the country where the parties to it reside it is according to the custom that has been in force here for fifteen years or more that you have been married in the face of all the people and in token of it you will both sign the register that i have kept of such marriages among those of my people who have adopted the Christian faith. Still, in case there should be any legal flaw, I again demand the solemn promise of you both that on the first opportunity you will cause this marriage to be re-celebrated in some civilized land. Do you promise?' "'We do,' we answered. Then the book was brought out, and we signed our names. At first my wife signed her Stella only, but her father bade her write it Stella Carson for the first and last time in her life.' Then several of the old or headmen, including old Indaba Zimbi, put their marks and witness. Indaba Zimbi drew his mark in the shape of a little star, in a humorous allusion to Stella's native name. That register is before me now as I write. That, with a lock of my darling's hair, which lies between its leaves, is my dearest possession. There are all the names and marks as they were written many years ago beneath the shadow of the tree at the Babian kraals in the wilderness but alas and alas where are those who wrote them my people said mr carson when the signing was done and we had kissed each other before them all my people macumazana and the star my daughter are now man and wife to live in one kraal to eat of one bowl to share one fortune till they reach the grave here now my people you know this woman and turning he pointed to hendrika who unseen by us had been led out of the prison hut yes yes we know her said a little ring of headmen who formed the primitive court of justice and after the fashion of natives had squatted themselves in a circle on the ground in front of us we know her she is the white barbian woman she has hendrika the body-servant of the star you know her said mr carson but you do not know her altogether stand forward Zimbi, and tell the people what came about last night in the hut of macumazahn accordingly old Zimbi came forward and squatting down told his moving tale with much descriptive force and many gestures finishing up by producing the great knife from which his watchfulness had saved me then i was called upon and in a few brief words substantiated his story indeed my face did that in the sight of all men Then Mr. Carson turned to Hendrika, who stood in sullen silence, her eyes fixed upon the ground, and asked her if she had anything to say. She looked up boldly and answered, Macumah has robbed me of the love of my mistress. I would have robbed him of his life, which is a little thing compared to that which I have lost at his hands. I have failed, and I am sorry for it, for I had killed him and left no." the star would have forgiven him and shone on me again never whispered stella in my ear but mr carson turned white with wrath my people he said you hear the words of this woman you hear how she pays me back me and my daughter whom she swears she loves she says that she would have murdered a man who has done her no evil the man who is the husband of her mistress we saved her from the babians we tamed her we fed her we taught her and this is how she pays us back say my people what reward should be given to her death said the circle of Indunas, pointing their thumbs downward and all the multitude beyond echoed the word death death repeated the head Induna, adding if you save her my father we will slay her with our own hands she is a babian woman devil woman ah yes we have heard of such before let her be slain before she works more evil then it was that stella stepped forward and begged for hendrika's life in moving terms she pleaded the savagery of the woman's nature her long service and the affection that she had always shown towards herself she said that i whose life had been attempted forgave her and she my wife who had nearly been left a widow before she was made a bride forgave her. Let them forgive her also. Let her be sent away, not slain. Let not her marriage day be stained with blood. Now her father listened readily enough, for he had no intention of killing Hendrika. Indeed, he had already promised not to do so. But the people were in a different humour. They looked upon Hendrika as a devil, and would have torn her to pieces there and then, could they have had their way nor were matters mended by indava zimbi who had already gained a great reputation for wisdom and magic in the place suddenly the old man rose and made quite an impassioned speech urging them to kill hendrika at once or mischief would come of it at last matters got very bad for two of the indunas came forward to drag her off to execution and it was not until stella burst into tears that the sight of her grief backed by mr carson's orders and my own remonstrances carried the day all this while hendrika had been standing quite unmoved at last the tumult ceased and the leading indana called to her to go promising that if she ever showed her face near the kraals again she should be stabbed like a jackal then hendrika spoke to stella in a low voice and in english better let them kill me mistress better for all without you to love i shall go mad and become a babyon again stella did not answer and they loosed her she stepped forward and looked at the natives with a stare of hate then she turned and walked past me and as she passed whispered a native phrase in my ear that being literally translated means till another moon but which has the same significance as the french au revoir it frightened me for i knew that she meant that she had not done with me and saw that our mercy was misplaced Seeing my face change, she ran swiftly from me, and as she passed Indaba Zimbi, with a sudden movement, snatched her great knife from his hand. When she had gone about twenty paces, she halted, looked long and earnestly on Stella, gave one loud cry of anguish, and fled. A few minutes later, we saw her far away, bounding up the face of an almost perpendicular cliff, a cliff that nobody except herself and the baboons could possibly climb. Look, said indaba zimbi in my ear look Macumazahn, there goes the babian frau but Macumazahn, she will come back again ah why will you not listen to my words have they not always been true words Macumazahn and he shrugged his shoulders and turned away for a while i was much disturbed but at any rate hendrika was gone for the present and stella my dear and lovely wife was there at my side and in her smiles I forgot my fears. For the rest of that day, why should I write of it? There are things too happy and too sacred to be written of. At last I had, if only for a little while, found that rest, that perfect joy which we seek so continually and so rarely clasp. End of Chapter 10